welcome to The Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Well, welcome to The Feathered Desert. Uh, This is Cheryl, and Kirsten and I today are going to talk about One Hatchling, a Vaccine, and Hope for the Future, which is a story about the California condor and the avian flu. So Arizona's flock of southwest condors is about 115 birds. These birds roost and roam from the Grand Canyon to Zion National Park. Each bird has a number, and most have GPS or radio trackers so that they may be found if injured or otherwise in need. The spring of 2023, the avian influenza hit the state's flock of condors, killing 21 of these iconic endangered species. And we have a podcast highlighting the California condor that was carefully researched by Kirsten. So we are not going to go into the detailed descriptions or other details about the bird. We are going to move forward with our story. All right. So one of the condors lost this past spring was number 316, 316. She was a 20-year-old female who had succumbed to the avian influenza shortly after laying her egg, of course, on a high cliff edge, which is where they like to nest. The egg was being cared for by her mate, number 680, a 10-year-old male. But the odds were against this young male of successfully hatching the egg, let alone raising his offspring to young adulthood, especially since the space where the egg was was probably infected with this virus. And biologists just didn't know if the chick inside the egg had the avian flu. So to save the life of the young male, number 680, Conservation biologists decided to climb the very high cliff and carefully collect the egg. Yes. And once the egg was safely transported down from the cliff's edge, it was taken to our own Liberty Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in Phoenix. The clinic staff typically treat a couple of condors a year, usually for lead poisoning. Veterinarian staff had little hope for 316's egg, a chick at first. It had been three weeks since 316 had perished, and 680 or 680 had been incubating the egg alone. Usually, parents alternate egg sitting duties to maintain a consistent warm temperature for the egg and to keep each parent healthy. So, the veterinarian, veterinary staff, a candle the egg, illuminating the contents with a bright light. They were looking for blood vessels or an embryo, any signs of life, and what appeared in the rosy glow of the egg's interior was an embryo that was moving. Oh my goodness, talk about how exciting. Yes, very exciting. Now, of course, caring for an unhatched chick is a round-the-clock work. We're talking all-hands-on-deck operation. Now, the condor's egg is about the size of a softball. That's a pretty big egg. 
So it was too big for the clinic's brooder. They already have a brooder there that they can put eggs in, but nothing big enough for a softball. Um, And the brooder, what it does is it actually mechanically mimics how adult birds shift their eggs in the nest. Because you can't just sit on one side of an egg. You have to roll it to make sure that the embryo has enough heat on all sides to develop properly. So instead of trying to put it in the brooder, the staff actually gently rotated it four times a day and carefully monitored its development. In May, the chicks started to hatch. Yay! (laughs) But it was pipping at the end of the egg, not the center of the egg. And that is the avian version of a breech baby. They need to be plucking or pipping at the middle of the egg to give them plenty of room to get out. So to survive its eggshell birth, the bird did need some assistance. So using surgical pliers, um, they carefully took out pieces of the shell as he was also pipping. And then they quickly removed the tiny little condor once it was free. The hatchling was alive, yay, but its fate was still uncertain since they didn't yet know if it was infected with the flu. I feel like we're, we're talking through this um, mystery, all this apprehension. Yes. Can you attention? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the problem is, is if the chick was infected with the flu, it would not be able to be transferred to the captive breeding facility, which is a very critical step if the chick was to be released into the wild. Because at this captive breeding facility, that's how they learn to be condors in the wild. If it had the flu, the baby condor would probably be dead within a week. The avian flu has been around for centuries, but in recent decades, the virus has evolved to become lethal to wild birds as well as domesticated poultry. A mild version called low pathogenic avian influenza is present year-round in some species, particularly, particularly in waterfowl, and typically doesn't cause serious illness. But the virus can travel through waste, infect farm birds, and mutate into a more aggressive form. The highly pathogenic avian flu called H5N1 can pass back to wild ducks, geese, and swans, which can carry the virus across oceans and over thousands of miles as they migrate. The last major outbreak in the U.S., was 2014 to 2015, and causing the deaths of more than 50 million domestic chickens and turkeys, along with a few dozen wild birds, mostly geese, before it died out. Yeah, I remember that. That was so sad. Okay, so the avian flu that is, um, I'm sorry, that has been circulating since 2021 causes severe neurological and respiratory issues always bad, and has affected more than 400 bird species in 81 countries. In the United States alone, it is responsible for a record 58 million domestic poultry deaths, and U.S. Fish and Wildlife has confirmed or suspected avian flu in more than 33,000 wild birds. 
The virus has killed raptors and swans, ravens and egrets, hundreds of seabirds and thousands of ducks. This flu has also culled mammals too. And it does, um, oh goodness, I'm sorry. It affects uh, mammals such as raccoons, black bears and other types of carnivores. So now trying to contain a virus really is a formidable challenge. I mean, even more so when it's carried by organisms that can fly. I mean, you can quarantine some of the areas with um, animals that just walk on the ground, but how, how are you quarantining birds that fly around in the wild? So it really has impacted conservation and conservationist efforts. So there was massive alarm when Arizona's condors started getting sick. Condors are in such peril, though, this was actually a, co a good coincidence, that there are some advantages that we have actually implemented into their conservation efforts that is helping them to weather this flu. Mm -hmm. For one thing, there are actually five wild flocks of condors that we intentionally separated by hundreds of miles when we re-released them as an actual safety measure to help ensure that one single disaster or threat didn't knock down every single group that was out there. We were probably thinking more of something like a really big storm that like wiped out the area, but this is working out well. Mm -hmm. So each, also, each individual bird is monitored and condors are used, or, or they're used to being um, handled by humans because we trap them every year to give them an annual health check. So all of these things wrapped up together is giving us an opportunity to help them weather this avian flu. So um, Federal Wildlife Service uh, officials briefly discussed bringing every wild condor into captivity as they did 40 years ago. But they opted not to after weighing the daunting logistics, the possible danger from concentrating, concentrating the entire species during an outbreak, and the fact that the virus was so far restricted to the southwest flock. Instead, biologists watched the birds very closely for signs of illness, tightened biosecurity measures such as not providing food and water for wild condors, and by the time 316's chick hatched, the tide of death had ebbed. So Fish and Wildlife uh, Service officials uh, began planning to provide a more dramatic intervention by vaccinating every single condor against the virus. Now, all condors are vaccinated against West Nile virus in the early 2000s. So officials proceeded with caution by first vaccinating a test group of 16 black vultures. Black vultures are relative with, are relative with strong populations. To make sure it is safe and to ensure there was a good immune response. The trial was a success and this past summer 16 captive condors were vaccinated. And so next will be, it will be to vaccinate all the wild condors before the flu picks up again. That, that's just so fascinating to me. Yes, let's hear it for vaccines. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now the big question you might be wondering is what happened to our little miracle condor chick? 
Well, the female chick tested negative for the avian flu. Yay! Yes. She was transferred. Yes, yay. Uh, She was transferred to Boise, Idaho, where she was placed with her adoptive parents. And those are adoptive condor parents. Her adoptive parents will raise her to be a condor so she will thrive in the wild. The little condor chick, whose number is 1221, will stay with her adoptive family for seven months. Then she will join the rest of 2023's captive hatched chicks for condor school. Oh my gosh, I want to see condor school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want I want a little window into condor school. They they should have a uh, uh, a video feed. I wonder if they have a video feed that we could watch. That'd be amazing. Yes. So at condor school, a mentor bird will actually teach the youngsters to strengthen their flight muscles to eat communally, and to navigate social hierarchy. Once they have graduated, the young condors will be released into the wild, and typically that is in their second summer. So where condors are released is determined mainly by each bird's DNA. Biologists carefully consider which population is the best fit to maintain genetic diversity, which is a crucial concern to a species with so few individuals. For reasons biologists don't fully understand, males outnumber females, making our miracle chick even more important to the story. So our heroine, one, two, two, one, may be able to return to her wild roots in the Southwest and play a key role in rebuilding her battered flock. Yay! That's such a such a exciting story. It's uplifting. It makes you cry. Yes, it's nice when we get a happy ending. Yes, yes, and science science is just amazing. Yes, they've contributed so much to to um, condors in general, uh, the survival of them. It's amazing what we've learned and what we've been able to implement. And what they learn, they can use with other bird species, I'm sure. Yes, really is. So yay for number 1221. We're on, we're rooting for you. Yes. 